Welcome to episode 209 of the Apple and Apps and App Addict Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppleandApps.com, and joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as our party is absolutely jumping as it's filled with murder, heists, and gummy bears. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing good. I, I like murder, heists, and gummy bears, so it should be an interesting, interesting show. Yep. This is a pretty fun week. A lot of uh, good stuff to come out. And before we get there, though, one thing I did want to talk about is that now we have President-elect Trump, and regardless of what you think about him, it directly correlates to Apple, and we're going to essentially talk about that kind of cross-section. And the one thing, so he said a bunch of stuff during his campaign, as every political candidate does, and one thing that stands out is that he proposes a 45% tariff on goods manufactured in China. And as you know, Apple makes the iPhone in China. And so that's a pretty major kind of thing that Apple is going to have to contend with if he indeed follows through on that promise. Right. Yeah. So this is going to obviously like they're not going to eat that cost. So this is going to get passed on to the consumers at this level. So your iPhone that you're paying wherever you're paying for right now is obviously going to cost you much more going forward as they try to defer those costs to the consumer if this tariff does actually go into effect. I mean, there's some back and forth that's been going on as to at one point, I believe he said that he wasn't sure as long as China uh, started trading more fairly, it wouldn't necessarily be needed. And then other times he said that it's definitely going to happen. So it's kind of this big tug of war and seeing who's going to win as far as what kind of tariff is going to end up getting placed on goods made in China. Because I, I do understand the point, you know, it's to help bring jobs back to the U.S. because we can't compete, you know, on labor costs. But it's a lot more than that with Apple building the iPhone in China, just because there's so much infrastructure now in place. Because when Apple starts off the process, think of all the little pieces that go into the phone. And in China, it's set into like multiple city blocks. So you got the one factory for your, you know, memory chips, and then you go over and you have the glass screens, then you have the transistors, then you have the processor. And, you know, it's just all right in a row, right on a single street. You can, I mean, make those factories in the U.S. and stuff, but I don't know how long that would take to ramp up. And then how many jobs does it create with a lot of this stuff being done by machines? Right. And one, the other question is, too, even if they're able to move even just a portion of it to the U.S., like say they manufacture certain portions of it, if it gets assembled in China, then you're going to pay this tariff on the stuff anyways. So it's really kind of like a whole – they have to wholesale everything back to the U.S. and really start doing it all in the U.S. And like you said, there's that huge ramp-up time. They already have enough trouble getting things ramped up with the new iPhone to get production numbers high enough that they can meet demand. So to shift the whole operation to the United States is a huge undertaking. And who's to say that even when they do, it's still not going to raise the price of the phone because now they have more expensive costs to do it here in the U.S. versus China. So 
whether or not it's good. I mean, I think it's going to affect the consumers either way, even if they move it or they don't move it. Yeah, definitely. Be- yeah, so you have to either pay the tariff or you have to pay pay all the cost. To essentially, you're like a startup of creating everything here. So either way, right, that, that right. Apple doesn't want to pay that. Chinese government doesn't want to pay that. So it's likely the consumers are footing the bill. Right, yeah. All we can hope for is this is either the tariff doesn't happen or the tariff is not 45%, which is pretty high. But from some of the articles I've been reading, it seems like that is a an accurate number of where it should be if you were to take in all things considered. But still, it seems like a huge chunk. I mean, and now just before we started recording, I saw an article that said that China has said that they're not even going to sell the iPhone if it if they end up having this tariff. So it seems like it's a big, like everyone's kind of throwing out big challenges. And I, I don't know where we're going to end up. Some common ground is going to have to happen and something's going to happen, but what that's going to be, I have no idea. And it's worth noting that when uh, Trump had a problem with Apple during the campaign, it was with the FBI when he said boycott iPhones. It was that FBI case for the San Bernardino shooting. So it wasn't directly with Apple making the phones in China. Oh, right, right, right. And I think, well, this is also not just going to be an Apple issue either. It's, I mean, we're focused on Apple-related stuff, but it's really any manufacturer that's like electronics manufacturer that's making things mostly in China or assembling them in China. You're going to see all this in the hitting. So everyone is going to be paying more for any of these products. So now it's going to limit the amount of these products that people in the U.S. are going to be willing to buy or can afford to buy. So now you're going to have to start making choices of maybe you don't upgrade uh, next year because you want to hold on to your phone because it's too, too expensive for you to upgrade. So this could end up affecting a lot of companies as to how often people are upgrading phones or upgrading televisions or any of these electronics. And I think we're just going to see a slowdown in this area that's really not going to help Apple with the already like slowing iPhone sales. This is really not good news for Apple. I mean, part of it, it does impact every technological company. Apple's kind of like the poster child. But on the flip side, 67% of Apple's revenue comes from international sales, which means only a third comes from U.S. sales. And a lot of companies diversify their thing like that. So, I mean, it kind of, it really depends. Because I don't think anything that's said on the campaign is going to be fully fleshed out. I think that's extreme cautionary kind of, oh my God, the sky is falling kind of thing. But even part of it. Right, no matter who won, no matter who won. There's a lot of promises either way that go on the campaign trail that then it's not until the person's actually in office and then starts dealing with Congress that you find out what they can or cannot actually get passed through of these promises. So it'll be interesting to see what really happens, but still it is something to think about and something to that could be of concern going forward. Yeah, it might not be on the extreme end, but I got to imagine there might be an increase of what we're going to have to spend Especially maybe not next year, but like 2018, 2019 kind of thing. Yeah, but hopefully then I'll be good for two years. So, <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I was pronouncing it wrong. It's Gina. But... It's Gina. <laughs> and so, I mean, 
Apple is not going to like close themselves off. They have two hundred and twenty billion or whatever in cash and marketable securities, but it is something to kind of consider for all technology companies. And we just focus on Apple stuff. Yep. And so that means we can talk about apps because the app store, it doesn't matter about any of that. It's going to still be choking along. And the first new app this week is 60 DB. And it's a news app that kind of focuses on that quick summary style that we've talked about in the past. But rather than text, it's all going to be audio based. So you'll have these like three or four minute clips from various podcasts or news segments that you can listen to kind of in one continuous stream, or you can swipe between the stories as you have them appeared on your screen. Yeah, so it's like a really neat like RSS type aggregation thing, but for these audio clips, you could use it theoretically as like a normal podcasting app. But really, the power of this app is those short little clips where you can basically you kind of tell it what types of news stories you like. And then if you like certain clips, it uses an algorithm to try to pick more things that might interest you. And like you said, you can just basically listen to them and you just start it going and then it'll just cycle through all these little short news clips. And it's a nice way to catch up on a news if you don't have time to read and you just want to listen to it it's going to have all the types of stuff you want to hear about and it'll just play through them one right after another and it's really you know clean well made that kind of thing and we've talked about so many different versions of these text-based version or quick news summary so it's nice to have a different change of pace that's all about audio so if you ever listen to podcasts like listen to this one for example <laughs> or even <laughs> Or just like listen to audiobooks or just in that flow of listening to things, it really helps because then you don't have to read. You can stay up to date with just your headphones plugged in or whatever the case may be. Right. And it looks like if you're worried, if you're someone that worries about data usage, it does look like there's ways that you can save articles to listen to offline later. Yeah. Uh, so that way you can, if you, I mean, obviously it takes a little more. Uh, on your part to get it done, but you could pre-download all of the stuff you want to listen to. And then in your commute, you could just listen to your, your saved off stuff. That way you're not using your data plan. So you do have that option, but if you don't mind using data, then yeah, you can just, this could be your morning commute and get all your news and focus on driving and not worry about it. Yeah. So you have the option to listen later. You also have the in-depth option where you can listen to the full piece that these little clips come from. The only thing that I couldn't find was a way to personalize it where you can kind of thumbs up and thumbs down items. So future items are more aggregated towards your interest. You can do liking of things when um, once you've listened to them. I don't that was the one thing I tried. Yeah, I had trouble finding where. I could add the categories at the beginning, but then it was kind of tough. They did have some nice kind of already done groupings of things like so-and-so's uh, choices of things that might interest you. And those playlists were already kind of defined as far as like really catering to your likes and dislikes. It didn't seem like it was as easy to find that information beyond the initial setup. Yeah. And then I didn't know how impactful it was. I mean, you see that like, but I don't know. 
Right, yeah, like how much is it really doing? It does say that it will show you more articles like that one that you happen to like. I wanted a more deliberate like Zite when they're personalized magazine kind of thing. Right, yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Because it seems like they have distinct connections. Like it connects to Fox Sports, it connects to Discovery Channel and Wall Street Journal. And so it uses particular sources rather than making the net bigger and bigger of sources it might find. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so that that was kind of the only problem I saw. But, I mean, it's free app, and it's just a different way to keep on top of the news. And they made it extremely well so you can quickly flip past something that you might not be interested in. And then you also have that list view so you could jump ahead. Like maybe the next few stories aren't interesting. You can go down the list. Yep. And, and so you, had a, you had like a 30-second skip, too, if you want to just jump ahead a little bit, too. And that's 60 dB. It's free, it's universal, and that means it's time for some games. And the first one is probably the most unique party game you probably ever could think <laughs> of. And so rather than going to kind of do any dancing or any kind of party you might be familiar with, you're actually emphasizing killing people because you are under the mindset that there's a party next door, it woke you up, it's 3 in the morning, you're super pissed, so you're going to go... And shut that party down by killing everyone in attendance. And so the first one is just like a traditional barbecue party across the street. And then you have a kill number of 55. And to beat the level, you need to kill all of those 55 people. And then, of course, you need to do it uh, discreetly because if someone sees you, they're going to call the cops. Then the cops come... And it's much tougher to kill people when there's cops around. So you want to kill people as silently as you can to really cut down that big number so there's not as many potential people to walk past you. And you kind of build upon that idea. So you have that basic, you can just stab someone. But then you can actually interact with items within the environment. So you might be able to turn the punch poisonous to kill people, or you could trigger kind of an explosion with the oven and that might kill some people and so that adds on to your total and helps you be more discreet and then you also might have an ice box you can throw a dead body into or a dumpster and so you want to do all these things to remain as anonymous as possible as you're killing people because even if the cops do show up as long as you're not a suspect you can keep going around and killing people Right. Yeah. So your big thing is you can leave dead bodies all around the place. You just do not want to get seen while you're killing the person, because otherwise then you're going to have eyewitnesses and you're going to see all these people. You'll see the little lines looking at you and then they're going to call the cops and give them a description of you. So your goal is to stealthily take out everyone. And to be fair, everyone is drunk like crazy. That's the reason they don't really care. They're dancing around dead bodies in, in body bags. They don't care that or even notice that they are practically the only ones left at this party and everyone else is dying around them. So that's how you're kind of getting away with this. But like you said, you have the option of either directly trying to kill people or you then can try and use these traps that are spread all about the levels. Some levels, there are almost no traps. Like there is, uh, there's one that's on a boat and you have very limited options for traps. You're on this boat party and that one has a bunch of like passages you could take to try to bounce around the level because even if the cop comes and he knows that you did it, if you can run around long enough and 
avoid him for a long enough amount of time, then he'll just go and leave. And then you can live to fight another day. Or you have another option of like changing your clothes. If you, there's certain little pickups you can get. One is like a, a stun bomb where it puts a whole bunch of people to sleep. Or uh, there's one where you have a change of clothes. So if you can get away, change your clothes. Now, all of a sudden, he won't recognize you, the cop or any eyewitnesses. And that's how you can get away. Or there's another one where it was some other kind of oh, like a smoke cloud to kind of hide you so you can kill people in the smoke cloud and get away that way. But it's it's really like a. There are a large number of people you have to get rid of. So you really have to take your time and you can't rush it. Otherwise, you will get spotted and you will get caught. But like there's one in Miami where I don't know how Dexter does this because (laughs) it is crazy hard to kill everyone in Miami because I was in you're in that one. You're actually a female killer. And it took me forever ever to successfully because there were like no traps and you're just constantly having to try to get people secluded and alone in an area where they're not there i u- utilized a killer panda i don't know how many times in the miami one and that helped me a lot but some you really got to make good use of whatever traps you do have and just you have this kind of like a dance thing that you can distract people and kind of get them away from the crowd and it's just a lot of biding your time and getting people away and slowly chipping away at the at the party goers until they're all gone. Yeah, and they do a great job of establishing each environment as a party. Like you might have an outdoor festival or a dance club and so you have to deal with that particular scenario and they make it really fully fleshed out the idea of each scene. And all told there's gonna be nineteen different levels plus there's another half dozen variations on those existing levels. And I mean, there's a macabre kind of setting, <laughs> but it's still a super fun game. I mean, there, there's a bunch of games where you're killing people, but this one does it where you're kind of like a serial killer, but you have to do it all at once. Like, you know, you're not taking out one person and then coming back in a couple of weeks. You have to take out this huge mass of people all in one night. Yeah, it's it's crazy because you you enjoy it, but you don't you really shouldn't enjoy this because <laughs> of what it is. But yeah, like and then you you get into it because if you you're like thinking like a killer because you know I have to get these people away from other people or I'm gonna get caught. And then when all of a sudden someone does see you and spot you, you're like going to this fight or flight mode and like do I just try to run up there and take them out too? Yes, and just that, get that was them my down? strategy. <laughs> <laughs> or or if they're running towards the crowd, you really can't do that. Now you just got to try to get away so people kind of forget about you and then wait it out and hope for the best or just – and you have a limited amount of run. So like if the cop is chasing after you, you can run for a little bit, but then there's like a little cool down period before you can run again. So you really have to have escape routes planned just in case you get caught, you you got to know where to run to get out of there quickly. And so you'll just keep kind of looping around the party, kind of stalking everyone out until you know you can kill with certain people. And some of the parties, they have bouncers in there. And if they catch you, they're going to chase after you and they beat you down and then you lose. Uh, one time I used the stun grenade on myself by accident because it went off because they were too close. And then I slept for a while. But fortunately, no cops had been called or anything. So I just had to sleep it off for a little bit. And then eventually I woke up and then I could take out the last couple of people. 
but it's I don't know. It's just so much fun. It's got this whole like eight bit graphic style that uh, you don't really. It's, so it's not like super duper gory. Like you're going to see blood, but it's all pixelized and it's got a, an excellent like party soundtrack. It almost feels like a to me, it felt like almost like a mix between Dexter, American Psycho and then like the movie Neighbors, where you're just trying. You're really upset at these kids throwing the party. You just want to get your revenge. And I, it was it was weird, odd, but crazy fun. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the ultimate takeaway. They do a good job of keeping introducing those new mechanics so it's not like each time you're just killing a bunch of people. You have to contend with the strategic element. So there's always that overarching strategy, even though the goal is to kill people. You still have to think about it. And then, like you said, you have that killer mindset where you don't want to be caught, so you need to do things to fit into that idea. Yeah. And so that's Party Hard Go. It's six ninety nine, and it's universal, and it's a definite standout for this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then up next is SteamWorld Heist, which it's been on Steam, and now it comes over to iOS. And it has some familiar elements, but it kind of builds it into like a fully fleshed out adventure game complete with a storyline. So you get to play as essentially this robot crew, and you need to pick up like, items you need to go and find loot and then you also need to take out any 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 enemy robots that come in your way and so to do so you'll have targeted kind of approaches so you have specific turns laid out and you'll need to get into position and like hide behind barrels or something and then you need to target enemies and with that targeting you can ricochet your bullets off the wall and you always need to be sure that you're going to actually get past the enemy cover but you also have the option to destroy enemy cover. And then the levels become layered. So you might be on the bottom floor and somebody's up two floors ahead of you. But you can shoot up towards them depending on the type of material that's up above you. And so you need to take into account all these different things because enemies can shoot downwards or upwards based on where you're at. So you need to get into position to protect yourself as much as possible while always being able to kind of target enemies. Right. Yeah. And so the what it'll be is there's these different missions you're kind of going on. So you're basically this crew of robotic space pirates and you're going on these enemy ships to kind of scavenge them, but also complete missions. So like you might have to steal back some water or something that was taken from from these other people. So you're going on these kind of missions to complete things. And then as you go through, you're navigating the ship, and so you'll open these doors, and you don't know what you're going to find behind them. It could be guys waiting there to shoot you, or it could just be a, a bunch of pathways that now you can navigate through and kind of position yourself to take out the enemy without getting yourself in in the line of fire. But as you progress through the game, you'll start to upgrade. So you have your one captain of the crew and then you have these other shipmates that you have that you bring on these missions with you and they have different abilities you can buff them up with our special armor or shoes that let them move further and then you're kind of either loot and find different guns or you'll go to other like these space bars and purchase from unsavory robotic people 
new guns and new uh, upgrades. And so you can use these guns. They have different stats on them. Some of them have friendly fire. So now you have this new element of you get to watch out when you're firing the gun because you might actually hurt your other crewmates. And so it's all a matter of positioning and trying to line yourself up so that you can do damage on these different enemies. And the different enemies have different abilities too like there might be one big guy that basically carries around a giant shield and does a ton of damage to you if he gets up close and just smashes you and then there'll be other longer range ones that can shoot from further away that you have to watch out to make sure you're behind cover otherwise they'll hit you and so there's just as you can do all these different types of moves also the enemies do and so you really have to watch out but one of the coolest aspects of the game which is a neat little thing that they i'm sure just side to throw in if you are aiming at the enemy and you can aim high you can knock their hat off and then you can go pick up these hats after you've killed the enemy and now your crew has the option of wearing these hats throughout the rest of the game so you can equip different hats they don't do anything they just look fun and you can add new hats to people by shooting them off other people and just the the theme you have that classic western idea mixed with the futuristic robot so you have these turn-based old west style shootouts where each person is in a specific positions and then it's that strategic turn-based action where you need to mark your shot as well as you can and then take into account where your guys are as well as where all the enemies are and then all those different buffs and special abilities that will all be added in as you go and so all told the game says they promise 15 to 20 hours of gameplay. I didn't make it that far, but you can appreciate how much the game will have unfolded for you, especially because there's, like I said, you have that actual story. So these different characters are developed and there's reason for why they're moving through this world. Right. And one of the cool things about that shooting is it's not just a matter of you drag, you line it up and you're good to go. There's actually like a little bit of movement of your little aiming thing while even when it's aimed, uh, trained on something. So you still have to kind of time your shots a little bit if you want to make sure they're going to hit the target because it's almost I mean, they're they're robots, so they're not really breathing, but you almost have that fact of like it's not a steady shot every time where you can just aim it. You're good to go. You're always going to make the shot. You kind of still have to to pay. I think it's based kind of on the weapon that you're using, but you still have this kind of sway and thing that you have to take into consideration and time those taps. So it's a little more skilled than just playing drag and shoot. And you're always good. But yeah, the steampunk space theme is awesome i i mean and especially once you start having these robots that are going through and if they die during the during the battle they get rebuilt when you go back to your main ship for the next for the next round you won't get three stars because you lost someone but you'll be able to at least complete the mission hopefully down one person and even the missions themselves you might have to make it to a certain location, but then you still have to make it to the exit. And so even if you pull off the main part of the mission, it might trigger now countdowns to start up new obstacles that are getting in your way as you're trying to make your way back to the exit. So like these little turrets will start appearing from the top, uh, from the ceilings in different areas. So now you have to contend with those, either blow them up or just avoid their gunfire as you make your way back to the escape. So it's not 
over just by completing the mission, there's that whole extra piece, which adds even more strategy and and thought of how you're going to have to make it out. And and some of those cover and things are, are all randomly generated. So even if you redo the same mission multiple times in a row, the one time when you go in, it might just be normal barrels that can hide behind. Other time, another time when you go in, it might be these explodable barrels. And now you do not want to be hiding behind one of them because if they hit it, it's going to blow up and basically take out your guy. So even just retrying a mission because you may not have gotten all the stars, you're going to have some slight differences which make it uh, unique for when the next time you go through it. And there's a lot of these turn-based strategy games on the App Store. So really the distinguishers are mainly going to be that theme to give you reason to want to invest your time in this particular one. And they've done a really good job to just fully immerse you in the theme with great graphics, great sound, and then compelling gameplay with all those variations as you go. But it's probably the neatest thing is just you have that familiar ricochet bullet thing that you've seen like a simple arcade game or something, but they fleshed it out into this full-on adventure, and that just seems relatively unique for the App Store. Yeah, there's a huge level of polish. I saw this one. This was another one I saw at PAX East. Uh, this year and I'm happy to finally it was kind of in the early stages for iOS at that point it was almost ready to go on Steam but it's great to see how much polish and how well it works with the the touch base controls of being able to just line everything up and then drag and tap and it, yeah it's the whole package is what really makes this such a compelling game and this between this and uh, party hard go these were like my favorite two releases of the week and i've just been playing both of them non-stop so definitely a, a highly recommended from me as well and so that's steam world heist it's 6.99 and it's universal and so those were two paid games and now we'll follow it up with two free games the first one's mikey jumps and hopefully you've heard us talk about mikey short mikey shorts mikey hooks or mikey hooks Oh, Mikey. Yeah, what's the last one? I, I can't remember. Mikey Boots. <laughs> Mikey Boots. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And so that trilogy is now complete and it sem- essentially stands by itself. Mikey Jumps takes those mechanics and essentially fashions, fashions it into a whole new game. And so rather than that classic platformer where you have directional controls plus a jump button, this cuts away all that and focuses on a one touch platformer where Mikey's going to run automatically and you simply tap to jump. If you tap on the screen longer, he jumps higher. And then as you go through the levels, you're going to be introduced to the grappling hook as well as the hover boots, and you still control them with that one-touch system. So you might jump over a gap to clear some spikes, and then you'll have to grapple through something and then hover through the last section. And then they'll kind of build and be more complex as you go, but it's those core mechanics from the original three games now fashioned into that one-touch platformer that is kind of relatively, I would say, the most popular form of platformers on iOS, even though they might not be the best form. Yeah, so it, basically it's now, instead of having these nice, long, speed run 
uh, style levels. You have much shorter one screen-ish, maybe slightly more than one screen uh, level where you're basically trying to memorize the series of taps and jumps you need to make it through it because what you're going to have to do is complete a grouping of 10 of these in order to progress to the next grouping of levels. So if you start making through and maybe you make through five of them and then you die, then the next time you're going to have to start over in that grouping of 10 and redo those first five again, and you'll start to memorize the pattern of this is where I need to tap, a long tap, uh, a swing here, jump on this, and then you basically start to learn the, the early levels, and then until you can make it through all 10, you just have to keep on repeating that that bundle of, of levels. And so it's a much different in in some ways you have a lot of the same elements of the original mikey games but it's a much different feel because now you're not doing the running there's to me i i almost i didn't enjoy this one at first but the more i played uh, the more i'm enjoying it but still i kind of miss the speed run aspect because as soon as i'm done a grouping of levels in this one, I don't feel the need to go back and redo them because there's no way for me to improve. It, with the speed run, there was always a way for me to try to shave off time and go back and try a different route or try to jump earlier here or move this way there. And <clears throat> excuse me, this one, it just as soon as you're done that grouping of levels, there's not really anything to entice you to go back. It's more of a, you want to go forward and complete another level so that you can move up on the leaderboard and have the most number of levels completed. And so for me, it's just has a, a different feel. And I don't know, I kind of prefer the speed run, but I can see the appeal of this and it definitely does have you coming back because you want to get further, but it just, it's, a different feel yeah it's fun but it's not as good as the other mikey shorts games it, i mean those games you care about every single move of mikey because you're trying to shave milliseconds off your time you're using the left and right control buttons and you'll dive down a gap and try to you know cut back from left to right as quickly as possible to shave down that time this game takes that whole component out of it so it's not as exhilarating it's not as action-packed even though as you go these levels have you know challenging touch sequences to pull off just the right amount of height on your jumps and grappling hooks and flying but it's never like that impending doom of that clock it takes that all away you just have the dangers that are presented to you Right, yeah. The the most exhilarated you get during this is when you're at like the eighth or ninth level in a level grouping and you do not want to mess it up and you just want to make it to the end so that you can unlock that next grouping. That's where I think this really excels right at that point. But unfortunately, like with the original Mikey game, I felt like that on every single level. Like you always felt like you were under the gun trying to race as fast as you could. And this one, it's a, the only time you really have that impending danger is when you know, you might mess up the level pack and not make it to the next grouping. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem because just the existence of the other Mikey games detracts from what Mikey Jumps is, regardless of the game by itself. But if you do take it by itself, it I mean, we've seen these one-touch platformers before. And no matter which one it is, no matter what the theme is, since you only have one button, it's still just 
not as complex as a traditional platformer, and it doesn't seem for that same kind of investment. Because you do have those 10 levels at a time, and then you can watch a video ad, and you have these checkpoints and all that good stuff. You can continue your run within that section of 10, but it never truly ramps up to what you kind of expect. Yeah, I think if you took it as its own against other one-touch platformers, I think it really does a really nice job, especially once you start to get into those later levels where the complexity gets harder and and things really start ramping up. I think if you unfortunately if you start to compare it to the other Mikey games, then yeah, I don't think it's as good. But compared to other one touch platformers, I would probably play this over most of the other ones. I don't tend to play a lot of one touch platformers. They're just not a type of game I tend to go th- go to. But because it has that Mikey element to it, I kind of enjoy it more than some of those. But I can't compare it to the other Mikey games. Otherwise, then I start to get a little disappointed. Yeah. But it is free, and it's Mikey Jumps, it's free, it's universal. And there's and, 200 levels, so there's tons to play. Yeah, that's 20 sections of 10 to check off as you go. Yeah, I'm at 58, 58 levels. Nice. I'm about only in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> and so then there's Burrito Bison, Launch a Libre. And the first one came out a while ago, and the sequel, it feels like, it's more of a rebranding of the original than an actual sequel. It's tough to actually figure out what the distinction is. I mean, it's still that action launcher game. You pull back and then you launch Burrito Bison and your goal is to get him as far as you can by bouncing on these gummy bears and then everything that you do helps you earn coins. Those coins you then use to be able to launch yourself further, have a higher maximum speed, have a rocket boost, more rocket boost. And so you use those things to help you then get further and further. But it's still, it's tough to see how this is actually different than the original. I mean, the original wasn't bad. It's a good game. But when you have a whole new version, you expect something different. Right, yeah. So originally this was like a Flash-based game. Then in 2012, Juicy Beast and Ravenous Games released it on iOS. And... Now we have this new one. It's a it's Congregate publishing it, but it's still Juicy Beast that that created it. And so it looks like it's more of a they've kind of polished it up. They definitely given it nicer graphics. The launch mechanism in the old one, you kind of like tapped when the spinning wheel was going to try to launch them in the right direction. This one, you have that pullback mechanism, which feels more accurate for the fact that he's flinging off of the the ropes on a on a wrestling area and so a wrestling ring. And so if the, I think they've done a nice job of polishing it up and kind of crafting a, a bit better of a game, but some aspects of it just seem a little bit worse. Like when you launched on the first one, you kind of got air right away. So you were able to kind of bounce off these balloons and get a little more distance right away. And it wasn't as slow right from the start where this one there's no way you're getting up into the air until you start to purchase a bunch of different upgrades and other things after you've played numerous times to try to increase your distance and pick up more money and then you can unlock all these things. And it just seems like they've kind of made it slower to progress to get the height that you need to get further and further than the original one was. And that's the 
that's the main crux because I played through a bunch of the original one when it first came out and it's slow with this type of game where you have these endless kind of launching games. They're always slow at the start. And then you have to basically grind and grind and grind and to, to purchase upgrades and get a better character and be able to have ways for them to make further and further. And it all depends if you get sick of it before you get to that point or if you just get burned out and don't want to play more, or if you don't mind, you just kind of want to see where it goes. But to have to start all the way over again and feel like I'm starting from scratch, not that I played it in years, but still, like, I don't want to start all the way over and have to redo these early levels and get nowhere just to eventually grind away to get enough money to purchase good upgrades that will get me further. Yeah, that's the problem. It's just because you're familiar with that original. Like if it's a brand new experience, even the same style but a different theme, it feels at least somewhat fresh. Now you're having to kind of replay what you already did just because it's this new rebranding. If they made it so, okay, we have this established game, let's take that theme, that appeal of Burrito Bison idea, and now change it up in any possible discernible way it would give you that incentive at that outset to grind through it. Right now, there's no real incentive to grind through it. I mean, it, the core idea is fun, but you can only go to that well so many times. Right. I mean, I think it's more of a matter of they're going to capture a fresh audience with it. Yeah. And I think this is – it's good for – the way they've done it, it's good for that because people might be nostalgic. I mean, granted, it's been years since this was released, so they could capture a new audience, especially with Congregate, who has a huge uh, following of of all their games, and they have a huge, uh, basically built-in audience to, to gravitate toward this. I'm kind of surprised to see the old one still on the App Store. I don't know how the licensing deal went to for them to essentially launch a brand new version of the same exact game uh but i can see why they did it but for anyone who has played these even if you played the original flash version way back when do you really want to play this again more maybe you'll introduce it to like your kids or something like i used to play this game when i was a kid and so maybe that's where the audience is but it's definitely not for me as someone who's already played a bunch of the old one, and I don't really have any interest to sit there and grind. Granted, I'm in a different part of my life now that I don't have time to to grind away at a single game like that. I got to move on to, to other games and try other things. So I'm sure there's an audience for it, and it looks a heck of a lot better than the old one did. So I, I think it'll be popular, but again, you... I don't know who exactly they designed it for. I don't know if it looks that much better. Well, I, the <laughs> system in which you do the upgrades is okay. much better. Yeah, I was talking about the backdrops really seem similar, the gummy bear design. No, no, more the the polish they put into the actual upgrade system is better in this one and the way you launch and that they they I mean it's a slight upgrade in in graphics but nothing too too noticeable but uh as far as the actual system they've kind of really polished that up a bit yeah i liked how you said it i'm in a different part of my life it came out in 2012 i mean i understand it was on other platforms before but on ios i mean it's been four years yeah it's not that long ago to not change the game really at all 
Yes. <laughs> I've seen games, you know, change a lot more in four years on iOS. But I've seen, but again, if it's just another company buying it and they like what it is, they're only just going to change it as much as they want to to put it back out there. Especially, well, it would have been. I, I think they could have done better leaving it like this if the old one got removed from the App Store. I that's where I'm kind of surprised where the because they didn't change it all that much. Why wasn't the other one removed? And it's still there. I think where, I'm going to download the Ravenous Games one. I downloaded them both so I could have them both on and just try them side by side. Yep. I guess you do have new characters to unlock. Yeah, so there's new characters to unlock and new people there's probably some other additional upgrades and things. But I didn't compare them that closely side by side because at this point I don't have my saves to back where I was with the Ravenous Games one. Yeah. That there's no way I'm starting that one over as well as this one over. I'm done. Yep. So, I mean, Burrito Bison's out there. It's more appealing if you're completely fresh to the game. And it's Launcha Libre. That's the new version. It's free and it's universal. And I think that's everything for episode 209. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's all I got. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed. And we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.